Edwards Life Sciences would like to express our gratitude for all those on the front lines of responding to this fluid situation with COVID-19. We appreciate the strong leadership and dedication of healthcare providers to patients around the world, and we express our care and concern for you during this challenging time. You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. Today, Roxana Mehran discusses how journals can address structural racism with guests Brahmaji Nelamotu, Khadija Brathit, and Erica Spatz. Hello, it's Roxana Moran from Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, and I'm uh, coming to you on Rock's Heart Radio. I'm so thrilled. Today, our episode is focused on racial and ethnic disparities research. And I have an incredible list of guests here today with me. And my guests today are Dr. Bramaji Nalamatu from University of Michigan, who's editor-in-chief of circulation, cardiovascular quality and outcomes. He's professor, division of cardiovascular diseases and department of internal medicine at University of Michigan and director of Michigan Integrated Center for Health Analytics and Medical Prediction. He's an interventional cardiologist at Michigan Medicine. Welcome Dr. Nalamatu, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks Dr. Murad. And uh, my next guest is Dr. Khadija Breath, breath, breath I'm always mess up your name, Khadija, but Dr. Brevith is associate editor of CERC Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes. She's assistant professor, division of cardiology in University of Arizona College of Medicine in Tucson. She's member of the University of Arizona Sarver Heart Center, and she's a heart failure specialist at Banner University Medical Center in Tucson and one of our first Escalated Award winners uh, for her amazing work and incredible vigor in research uh, at Women as One. Welcome, Dr. Breath. Well, thanks so much for having me. And our, my next guest is Dr. Erica Spatz. She is Assistant Professor of Medicine at Yale, Associate Editor, again, of CERC Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes Journal, she is a clinical investigator at the Center for Outcomes Research and Evaluation at Yale School of Medicine and a general cardiologist at Yale Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Spatz. What an incredible list of guests we have today. I'm just so thrilled to have you all. And I, wanna, I wanted to um, really focus today's uh, discussion on the editorial that was just put out in CERC um, uh, cardiovascular quality and outcomes. And I want to congratulate Dr. Nalamatu for um, putting this up front, the ground water of racial and ethnic disparities research. If you haven't read this, my, my listeners, you really need to take a listen and, and, and to this podcast, but more importantly, please take about, it takes five minutes to read through this. It's a beautiful writing by Dr. Breathitt, who's the first author of this, and Dr. Spatz, who's also a co-author, really focusing uh, and putting out a statement from this journal on battling or really um, confronting the racial and ethnic disparities research. So congratulations, uh, Dr. Nalamatu, for doing this, uh, this work. Um, Khadija, Dr. Dr. Breathitt, tell me, why now? We've been hearing about this for years. How much work has been done over the last decade um, exemplifying this really horrific situation of 
disparities uh, in research. Why now? Well, as you know, this is not a new area or a new focus. There are a number of scholars throughout multiple disciplines that have been addressing this for years. What has changed is over the past year with coronavirus and the mission towards social justice, many have been illuminated to this ongoing disparities. And many want to know what can they do? How can they help? How can we change this? And so we're excited to present this work so that we can help scholars, physician scientists, and other scientists start to understand how they can actually be a part of the solution. No, it's incredible. And um, Dr. Spatz, um, you guys put out in there about race, that it's associated so much more than the genetic and ancestry. I love that because that's what we've been thinking about. And it talks about social determinants of health, income, education, housing. Um, how is this linked to what the, the systemic and structural racism that we're all facing and hearing about with social and economic deprivation? So I think as Dr. Breathitt pointed out, this field has uh, exist for a long time, but the medical community is really coming to bear with our understanding of race and that race is not a, a, a definition of genetics, of one's genetic background. It's not a biological uh, construct, it's a social construct. Other fields have recognized this for a long time and it's only now that our medical field is really um, awakening to this and thinking about how uh, race is defined and what other uh, messages that it's telling us about a group of people who um, have been disproportionately affected by uh, uh, health and health outcomes uh, for a long time. So we really need to look at our um, social structures. We need to look at the quality of the healthcare that's being delivered. Um, we need to look within our communities to understand uh, why there's significant disparities um, with respect to health outcomes. And that's going to provide the answers for how we can uh, solve them. No, it's really a great point. Um, you know, you, um, Dr. Nelamatu, you, you guys start the, 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 the editorial by um, talking about a fish pond. You want to talk about the groundwater and what does that mean and why, why was that such a fantastically important um, um, example of how um, we, are, we need to start facing this and how we can come up with some guidelines. So, so, so thanks so much, uh, uh, Dr. Moran, for, uh, for allowing us to kind of be on here and to, to really listen to you guys as well as to kind of share our views uh, with, with your broad listeners listener group as well. So I, you know, I, I think that the groundwater, which again, this is the metaphor that to be honest and stuff, uh, both Khadija and uh, Dr. Breathitt and Dr. Spatz brought, brought to our group. And if I could just take a step back as I talk about that um, with making a couple of really notable, um, you know, observations over the last year, you know, Dr. Breath that had mentioned, you know, this last year, 2020 was, was obviously a, a big year for all of us in many different ways. Um, 
at the time, you know, one of the things that inspired us is to think narrowly a little bit about what kind of impact we could make as a journal, right? I mean, these issues that Dr. Breath had mentioned about the pandemic and its influence in shaping how we see our world um, through the lens of social justice, I mean, these are big, big things. Um, and we're a small, small journal, to be honest, and we tried to think really hard about what, what is it that we can do to make a difference? Um, at the time, you know, we had this associate editor position that we were searching for, and uh, Rhea Boyd, and if you guys want to spend some time, like 15 minutes of your life reading something that's very impactful, there's an article that Rhea Boyd, who's a, um, a pediatrician and a child health advocate out in California, she wrote this piece in Health Affairs, really calling out the scientific community. What have we done to kind of contribute potentially to these uh, issues around social justice? And so we reflected a lot uh, on ourselves as a journal. And we thought like, boy, one of the things she had commented on is you really need to have expertise in this space when you think about issues around health inequities. Um, many of us, you know, we, we publish on this space, but do we really have the content expertise or knowledge to really talk about some of the observations we've all pointed out? You know, I'm, you know you're, you're an interventionalist too, and interventional cardiology papers oftentimes point out inequities in, in the delivery of care um, to certain communities. And so, so anyway, we had this associate editor position, and, and, you know, Rhea Boyd's article had made an impact on us as an editorial team, and, and so we put out a call. And I just want to point out that Dr. Breathitt and Dr. Spatz were the results of that, right? I mean, we brought on these two amazing women who are experts in this space, done a lot of like really impactful and deep work. And they have had a huge influence on our editorial team and board. And they've played a big role in, in helping us think about this issue more deeply and reframing it. And that was the result of this editorial. And and, and you know, the groundwater metaphor, which I'll, I'll let them explain much better than I would ever do, is so uh, powerful um, because it really speaks as to what we see, right? We see article after article published on, you know, health inequities, and we've seen this for decades. It's, it's kind of one of the themes of outcomes research, and yet very little in terms of understanding why and how to make it better. And in particular, um, the issue around um, how structural racism may play a part in that. So that's kind of the background about this, Roxana. It's, it's tremendous, uh, and we've been hearing about it, and that's why I started Why Now? And mm -hmm. it does make, this is mm -hmm. an opportune moment for us to kind of think about how do we fix, how do we clean the groundwaters? And I'll come back to Dr. Breathitt. Um, what, what, what I loved about this is that instead of just talking about this over and over again, you are coming up with some really great um, strategies to help us overcome uh, or clean these groundwaters. You want to talk about that, both of you, uh, you and Dr. Spatz. So I'll start with you, Dr. Breathitt. Sure. And first, I'd like to also give credit for the groundwater metaphor to the Racial Equity Institute, who developed that and have created an amazing tool for us to really understand these disparities. So amongst the major issues that we think that can be addressed within our journal and change the way we do science. Uh, number one would be developing a question 
and methodological strategies that are informed by conceptual frameworks. That means instead of just studying and describing the disparities year after year, start to conceive how and why is it happening so that we can start to develop interventions that can fix them. And so that means using things like critical race theory. It's using anti-racist praxisms that are developed to unravel the racist structures and policies that are in place that contribute to these ongoing disparities. So can you give me an example of that? I think for our listeners, it would be a great way to kind of uh, get that started. Can you give an example? Sure. So there's, and there's a number of scholars that have done a lot of work in this area, but it's essentially, you recognize that let's take um, healthcare insurance. We know that healthcare insurance is not equitably provided to people across the country. We know that laws are in place that allow for that to happen. An anti-racist um, theory to try to fix that would say, well, what can we do from a policy standpoint to change it so that everyone has equitable access to healthcare insurance? That would be using and employing an anti-racist um, theory or using critical race theory. And it's important that we start to learn how can we apply that to all these different disparities that we know exist and not blame the patient. Because what they're experiencing is a direct result of the existing policies that have been placed intentionally for years to make certain populations suffer and other populations reign. Now, it's a, such an incredible point. Uh, Dr. Spatz, your view on some of, the, some of the frameworks that you guys are putting forward, do you wanna give us another sort of guideline? Sure. Um, well, two things to expand on. Uh, so when we think about the social determinants of health and how they play out in um, racial and ethnic disparities, it's, we can really start to identify which factors are influencing an individual's health and then really go in at different levels, whether it's the individual level, the health system level, the community level, or the policy level to make those changes. So another example is, is if I have a, a patient who um, is struggling with uncontrolled hypertension and I identify at that individual level that stress and poor sleep are significant factors in why that person's blood pressure are uncontrolled, I need to understand, well, where is the stress coming from? Why is the sleep poor? You know, what are, and what's contributing? So stress, what are the financial stressors? Or what's the stress associated with living in an unsafe neighborhood? Or having noise within a neighborhood or crowding within a neighborhood that's affecting people's sleep? And then I need to look at the housing structures within the community. And then I need to really look at the laws that have led to segregated housing and low-income housing and have, um, you know, really, uh, created a system, a, a, you know, a, a, a class system where people get stuck in. And so as an individual physician, how are you supposed to help that person's blood pressure when there's so many systemic factors that are, that are influencing their health? And so it's not to say that each physician needs to work at the policy level to make change, but 
as an investigator, as a scholar in this area, we need to call out what the problems are and we need to use our voices and our power to start to make those changes in the structures, laws, policies, health system workflows that are contributing to those health disparities. No, I think it's a really, really important point. And when I think about um, an interventional cardiology, and I'm coming back to you, Dr. Namatu, uh, is that uh, how do we, you know, think about um, TAVR? We talked about this a little bit before uh, we started our podcast. You know, I look at the TBT registry, 95% of the patients are white. Um, what are we doing wrong? And how do we implement these things into our clinical trials to be more inclusive? We saw the barbershop um, um, small study, huge impact, kind of going to places and um, understanding cultural uh, and, um, and uh, I think community uh, differences where we need to get to in order to not only recruit patients, but understand what their surrounding is, sort of like what Dr. Spatz was saying, how do you see this implemented in clinical trials, in registries, et cetera, to be more inclusive? Yeah, you know, it's a fantastic question. It's, it's a daunting one, too. Um, I think, uh, you know, just hitting home on the points that uh, both Dr. Brethett and Dr. Spatz had made, um, you know, when you think about Dr. Brethett's point about um, having a, a, a deeper understanding of what some of the factors are, right? Uh, having a um, kind of a critical theory framework, um, going beyond just simply describing these disparities to try to understand what might drive, for example, you know, TAVR use in certain communities versus others. You know, it's, it's remarkable to me, most of these major medical centers that are delivering TAVR actually are embedded in urban communities with high you know, rates of, of diverse communities, and yet they're still, um, you know, so it's not just about geographic access, which is oftentimes something that we use as an overall explanation. Um, but, uh, you know, that gets it to like Dr. Spatz's point about, you know, what are the underlying systemic issues that are happening uh, that we need to tackle? And it goes beyond individual physicians, right? It, it goes beyond the person who's just sitting in front of you, but what has brought that person to you? What are the barriers and you know, structural issues um, that uh, have led that um, to uh, a person? And, and the TAVR example is amazing, right? To get a TAVR is not an easy thing, right? You have to have a lot of preoperative testing. You have to have a lot of uh, discussion. And you can imagine how people in underserved communities might struggle to have a lot of those uh, issues and you know and even if you're insured, there's a lot of out-of-patient costs, right? Um, out-of-pocket patient costs, I should say. Um, so all of these are barriers. No, it's incredible. I mean, this conversation could go on for hours. So I want to kind of bring us to a close and give you each um, a final sort of advice to all of us who are listening to you, and uh, not just as trialists, but but as doctors as deliver, uh, deliverers of healthcare to communities. Um, maybe some advice. Let's start with Dr. Breathitt. Sure. I think that it's been, a, it's been a really painful time period over the past year. And um, sometimes it may feel as though your significance or ability to change things is low. I would hope to encourage you today to recognize that 
it only takes one to change the future and that there are multiple ways in which you can make a difference in somebody's life um, as a healthcare professional and taking care of your patients and actually listening to find out what they're experiencing and how these current situations affect them or as a scientist and trying to unravel the existing problems that persist year after year to understand how can we actually fix them and how can we make a lasting change so that our patients can receive equitable care. So I, my last um, comment is just to be encouraged and to continue um, working to do the things that are right to make this a better place. Beautifully said. Dr. Spatz? I would say uh, this process of writing this editorial was very uh, meaningful and cathartic for me. And the importance of working in a diverse group um, with people of different backgrounds, different thoughts, different, different ideas is so essential to the work that we are doing. And so I would encourage you to reach out uh, to people both within your institution, outside of your institution, and uh, share ideas. And uh, that's where I think that progress re really happens. Beautiful. And uh, at last but not least, let me, before I give you the, the, the last words, um, congratulate you for your leadership, for your uh, insight, uh, for bringing these two incredible women onto your um, associate editor editorial board uh, to Im importantly uh, increase the depth and the breadth of what it is that you're doing at CERC Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes um, Journal. I don't think you're a small journal and maybe you think you're small, but you're making huge, huge impact and inroads. So congratulations to, uh, to your insight, your leadership as editor in chief and um, if people aren't reading this journal, they're missing out. Uh, this is a population-based scientific journal that is just so incredible and, and its pages are riddled with the best, the best that we need to know as clinicians, how to deliver care to the community at large to enhance and improve outcomes. So thank you for your incredible leadership. So I'll give you the last words and then we'll sign off, uh, um, Dr. Nalamatu. Uh, Dr. Moran, we're going we're to take that quote and put it right on our uh, banner head. So thanks, thanks for that advertisement. Um, I love saying we're a small journal because that means we can be a bold journal and um, we can kind of oftentimes try to do things and go places where we can feel uh, there's a safe space to, to grow. We are not perfect by any means and we, um, we know that even this initial kind of dip in uh, in the water is, is, is going to be imperfect. We do think that our science will be better if we follow some of the recommendations that folks like Dr. Bretha and Dr. Spatz have spent their careers developing, and um, we're excited about this experiment. We certainly don't want to discourage people from doing this type of research. We just think the research can be so much better, and as you put it, so much more impactful. We got to stop describing these disparities and start you know, really tackling them in meaningful ways. So thanks a lot for, uh, for having us here. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and I also wanna really, really um, take the paraphrase of the, of the groundwater approach, the metaphor by Love and Hayes Green of the Racial Equity Institute and congratulate them for 
talking about the fish, the pond, the groundwater, uh, that really exemplifies what it is that we're doing in pretty much everything and to get over structural racism that, and uh, uh, ethnic disparities, we need, to, we need to really, really understand where the groundwaters are coming from, where are we, how can we change not just the local system, but the intrinsic issues that we are all facing that's so deep and difficult to kind of walk back to. This has been a fantastic session. Thank you so much for your time out of your very, very busy schedules. And thank you all listeners. This is Rock's Heart Radio. Keep listening. We always have great things to say. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Roxana Moran signing off.